Welcome to Victory. If this is your first time, we sure do hope this is not this will not be your last. Again, happy, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there who's joining us here and also online. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, before we start this morning to to uh, for the second installment of our series, I want to offer a moment of silence for all the Warriors fans in the house. <laughs> Beginning with my good friend John here in front. A moment of silence. Hindi halata kay John na hindi siya namalungkot siya today, no? Because you're in church, John. This is the place of refuge. Yeah, yeah. It's called the Prayer Warriors. Next year, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's all stand. Please open your Bibles. Turn them to Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 to 15. That's, that's again Joshua chapter 24. I'll be reading verse 14 and 15. It says here, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your father serve in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is the word of God for us today. Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, would you illuminate on your words? As you speak to us, Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us in a greater measure. That we would love you for who you are and we will worship you for who you are. Thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to hear scripture today. And I pray that your word will accomplish its work inside of us. That we may change for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may take your seats. Thank you, Cham and Trisha. We were supposed, Doc Dennis and I, to honor the moms, was supposed to do that. Yeah. I'm glad they were the ones who did it. Okay? <laughs> so we are now in the second installment of our series entitled For Who He Is. This is our local series. As we mentioned last week, the goal of this series is to spur us up as believers for a lifestyle of worship. That we are never going to to stop in growing our relationship with God, that our lifestyle, part of who we are, is, is it honoring Him and worshiping Him in every aspect of our lives. It's a lifestyle. We want to grow mature. We want to be able to improve on our relationship with Him. As we journey with God, we were reminded that God is not finished with us yet and that we are all in a journey of knowing Him and knowing Him in all of our lives. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, this is kind of encapsulates what, what our purpose here. In, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Here's what our goal is. Until we all reach the unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Why do we have to be mature? Because in verse 14 it says, 
then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of the people in their deceitful scheming. We live in a society, in a world where everyone is going to try to sway us away from God. But because that if we continue to know Him, we continue to read our Bible, we continue to do fellowship together, you and I know that there, if there's a latest fad in the world, or even in the Christian world, we're not going to be tossed around because we know the truth in the Word of God. We know and worship Him for who He is, not what we make Him out to be. We keep stressing that in this series. Because sometimes we create a God in our mind and let Him sit on the throne and He just works for us. But as we become mature and know Him and deepen our relationship with Him, we are not going to be swayed left and right. We're not going to go, oh, okay, that's the latest uh, thing in Christian worship. Let's go there, let's go there. And afterwards, we get bored with that type of music or the way of worship, and we go to another and move all around. And for all we know, we don't know who we're really worshiping. We have to mature, brothers and sisters. That's what the Bible says. Because who are we? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession. It means... That you and I were made to worship God. We are God's possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. We are owned by God twice. He created us and He saved us. And our worship has to come from a point or from a standard or from a starting point of us being nothing in front of God, of us being sinful, of us being in darkness, but has now come to His marvelous light. The starting point of worship, friends, is that realization that I am not worthy to be in the presence of God. I was a sinner. I was an enemy, but now He has invited me to come into His presence. I love one of the definitions of uh, while I was studying for this preaching and what, uh, that I have encountered about worship is by Louis Giglio. He said this, Worship is our response both personal and corporate to God for who He is and what He has done expressed in and by things we say and the way we live. I love how he said both personal and corporate. Because a lot of times as Christians, we're, we're concluding that this worship that we offer to God is, basta kaming dalawa ni Lord, okay na yon. That I don't have to go to church. Yes, there's, there's personal worship. We can't deny that. It's written in the Bible. Our personal devotion time is important. But there's also a way to express our worship corporately. That's why it's very important for us to gather here. It's very important for us to be here and see each other's faces. When rain sings in the praise and worship and you see people raising their hands up to you, you, you kind of have the sense of what they're going through is also what you're going through. That 
how you understand God may be the way they understand God as well. Sometimes we come to church with our baggages and we're judgmental. And when it's praise and worship and people beside you don't raise their hands, oh, this guy's sinful. He's not raising his hand. This guy's crying. We judge them. But as the worship of expression arises, I want you to know that it is in our hearts and in our minds. We worship differently. Man, we also sing differently, don't we? I can't sing like Cham and Trisha just did. I'd like to think that when I sing to God, there is a mixer, magic mixer in heaven. That God, someone adjusts, the sound engineer in heaven adjusts left and right so that when I sing and he hears me, it's a pleasing tune unto him. Bakit nyo ba binabasag yung trip ko? Yun nga yung pinanawalaan ko eh. But worship is both personal and corporate. It says in psychology today that we make about 35,000 decisions every day. It varies from are you going to, what time you're going to wake up? Are you going to brush your teeth? Where are you going? Are you going to your schedules? 35,000 decisions every day. And last year, an article by CNN said that after the pandemic, it seems that every single one of us are suffering from decision fatigue. You know what decision fatigue is? It means that we can't decide or at least have the, de- the desire to not anymore decide because of all the choices that we have. In this world, probably more than ever, we have choices, a lot of choices in front of us. And because of decision fatigue, we kind of like stop on our tracks and just stop analyzing and don't want to choose anymore. I mean, we've all experienced it during Netflix, right? For those of us who have Netflix, you open Netflix, you decide as a family, what are we going to watch today? And after 45 minutes, you're still browsing. When you go to the mall, right, with your family, where are we going to eat? You, did, you, you got to the mall 11.30, at 1.30, you still haven't eaten because the other one wants Chinese food, the other one wants American food, the other one... It's all choices all around us. In shopping, okay? I, I saw this, this illustration. On Up top is the man's shopping pattern. You go from start, you get what you need, you finish... The one below is the shopping pattern of the women. Pastor, Mother's Day, I'm sorry. But truth be told, baliktad kami ni Joy. I'm usually the one uh, below. This is not true for everyone, at least not in our family. I'm the one who always goes around and all that. But choices, 35,000 of them. Do you know that we we can't, Deny ourselves of choices. Choices are very, very important, especially in the matters of faith. Especially in the matters of our worship with God. We're always going to be invited to choose over and over 
and over again. We can't afford to just stop on the tracks and have decision fatigue or paralysis. There is no such thing as uh, cruise control as a Christian. You know those cars, cruise control? Where you put your car in a certain speed and then you push cruise control and unless you touch any settings, it's just going to go like 80, uh, 80 kilometers per hour. There's no cruise control as a Christian. We're always going to make choices and our hope and prayer is that when we do, it's going to be according to the will and purpose of God. That's why in the verses that we just read in Joshua chapter 24, Joshua was about to enter the promised land in Joshua 24. Last, last week, we talked about Mo, uh, David's last speech. Today, we're going to talk about Joshua's last, last speech. He said he, he gave us three appeals in making a decision in relevance to our worship to God. He gives us three appeals by Joshua. In first, his first appeal is this. Serve God exclusively. He said in the verse, in verse 14, Now therefore, now before we go to the serving God exclusively, now therefore has a meaning. It means that he was concluding this speech. Now therefore means prior to his speech, a lot of things has already happened. Egypt has already happened. The wilderness experience has already happened. The faithfulness of God has already been shown. And now therefore... It means that Joshua wasn't choosing God based out of, a, 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 out of luck or out of a raffle or out of a name in the hat. Okay, who are we going to serve the gods today? Oh, Yahweh. No, it's now therefore it means that he has seen God move in miracles. And he, has, he was talking to the entire Israelites and said, Now therefore, he said, fear the Lord. The word Lord here is Jehovah. That means the personal relationship, the personal name of God that He has given His people. He's, he was appealing to them. Serve the Lord. Serve Jehovah. Serve Him. Know Him personally and serve Him exclusively. Fear the Lord. I love the fact that the English translation said Lord. Because one of the central messages of the Bible, friends, you may be shocked by this, one of the central messages of the Bible is the Lordship of God. The word alone is mentioned 6,500 times in the Old Testament and more than 100 times in the New Testament. Do you know in the New Testament, the word Savior only comes out twice, but the word Lord more than 100 times? Lordship is central to our faith. That decision to follow the Lord is central to our faith. We fear the Lord and serve Him. The word serve, his, serve here is encompasses worship, following, obeying. Serve Him, the appeal of Joshua. Serve Him exclusively because He said in sincerity, it means that you have to have allegiance. You have to have uh, you have to have the entirety, your complete will is submitted to God in faithfulness. Lo your loyalty is among, is just towards the Lord. We serve Him 
exclusively. That was the appeal. You want to worship God, you have to give it. You have to serve Him and serve only Him exclusively. Lordship is an all-or-nothing proposal. Sometimes we think that we could play with God, following Him, and if there's 10 rules, Lord, 90% average, that's good enough. Lord, I have followed you in all aspects of my life except this. Could you please give this up for me? It doesn't work that way, friends. Fear the Lord and in sincerity and in faithfulness, serve Him only. The second appeal of Joshua was to stir away from sin completely. The second part of the verse, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods of your fathers, serve beyond the river and in Egypt. We stir away from sin because a lot of times as, as believers, as followers of Christ, we make a decision to follow Him. But after that decision, you really don't. In fact, we do, some of us here, we do it every Sunday. Lord, I'm never going to do that again. Lord, I'm going to forgive people. Lord, I'm going to give. Lord, I'm going to talk to my enemies at work. But when, once we're there, Lord, next week na lang. I have that desire anyways to serve you. Friends, church, sometimes determination, not desire, is what keeps us going in our faith with God. We have to be determined to stir away from whatever the Bible calls sin, whatever is hindering us from serving Him exclusively. Let's put it aside. And in the words of Joshua, he was telling the Israelites, put away those gods. It means that he had probably, we were walking in the desert, and he was seeing idols left and right. He was seeing that inside the tent, someone was hiding a little, a little idol that they were worshiping, that they get, got from the Amalekites. They were probably having some gold from Egypt. And he was saying that, if we're going to go to the promised land, if we're going to be serious about what God wants us to do in our relationship with Him, we have to put that away. Because it's only going to hold us back. And once we're held back, we're never going to fulfill the purpose. We're never going to go mat grow mature in our relationship with Him because there's an idol inside of us. As I mentioned earlier, we are made to worship God. You and I were made to worship. If we don't worship God, guess what? Someone else is sitting on the throne. And as John Calvin mentioned, our hearts are idol-making factories. God is not seated on the throne. We'll find something else that's seated there. It could be your dream car. It could be the Golden State Warriors. It could be that dream to get married. What is sitting on the throne of our hearts? Don't get me wrong. All those desires are not entirely wrong. But if they do sit on the throne, that's what you live for. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to put them away. Get out of the throne. You're not supposed to be there. It's like during a travel, when you're going outside of the country, you have a particular, depending on what airline you use or if you fly, there's a certain weight limit, isn't it, in your... Parang di nyo alam. Lagi kayo nag-over-baggage, no? Right? There's a certain limit to what you could put in your luggage. In our airline, it's usually 23 kilograms. And whatever's in excess of that, you're gonna either have to pay for it or leave it behind. It's still gonna cost you. Right? There was this one time, my mother-in-law, Mama, happy Mother's Day. I'm just gonna tell this story. My mother-in-law, she loves polvoron. And I was uh, going to, to Canada, and she asked me to buy pulvoron. I stuffed my, bo- my, my balikbayan box like a true Filipino. Right? We're the only ones in the world that have boxes. Lo and behold, I was overbaggaged. And I didn't want to leave because I wanted to uh, leave the pulvoron because, you know, it had a... Uh, I want to make a good impression for my mom. I'm going to bring that pulvoron. So I cupped up the box... I put it in my laptop bag. <laughs> so my laptop and the, all of those pulveron was there. I took it all the way to, to all my uh, layovers. It was very, very heavy. And I paid for it afterwards. You may be here and we're holding on to a lot of pulverons. And God is simply just asking you, leave it. Put it away. And Joshua said, put away the gods that your forefathers served beyond the river and Egypt. Because this was a people, this was a people, the Israelites, they had a tendency to go back to their old ways. But isn't that a representation of every one of us? That if we do not constantly study our lives of what we should put away, sometimes we're going to wake up and all of a sudden we have a lot of excess baggages. But if we want to worship God, we not only serve Him exclusively, we put away, we, we, we stir away from everything. The Bible calls it sin. As Christians, as believers, as readers of the Bible, it means that we have to come to a point that malayo pa lang. Alam mo ng kasalanan, tatakbo na tayo. That there's no room if I'm a super Christian. Before, this was my struggle. Not anymore! I was reading a, an article yesterday. I don't know who that person is, but he said that it's perfectly normal in a marriage relationship for a guy to fantasize about other women while being married. And I was like, that's not normal. And if it becomes normal, whatever that popular guy said, that's not true. Not ever whatever is popular is correct. My Bible says that I'm going to be devoted to one wife. And there is no room in my mind for any other ones. 
I love my wife. Put away the gods of what's, what's seemingly popular, of what's seemingly acceptable in society. Have we ever questioned what is acceptable to God? Stir away from sin completely. Stir away from sin completely. Lastly, the appeal of Joseph, I mean for of Joshua is to surrender to the Lord resolutely. There has to be a resolution in our in ourselves that says this is a non-negotiable. I will follow God and him only. It says in verse 15. It seems that nangaasar pa si Joshua. He said, if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. I want us to understand that the language used by Joshua in this speech is unprecedented. Nowhere in the Old Testament does a leader ask the Israelites of who they're going to choose. It has always been God and He chose the, whole, the nation of Israel and and, and then the, the speech of Joshua. Because as pagan nation, they don't have to make a choice. There's a lot of gods. The God of the Euphrates, the God of the Red Sea, the God of the Jordan River, the God of this and that. And God is just one of the mo, uh, uh, many gods that are in their midst. That's why when Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve, he was giving the option to, to, to the people. He said, you've seen the miracles. You've seen how God moved. You've seen His faithfulness. But if it is wrong for you, choose this day whom you will serve. Is it the God of your forefathers? What, what, what we have been in our upbringing, what we were used to? Is it the God of culture, whatever was famous? Or is it the God of Whatever works. Sometimes I, I get a grab car to work. And in the dashboard of the grab car, tells you a lot of things about that grab driver. There's a Bible there. But over the Bible, there's a rosary that's in the... Sometimes, there was this one time I asked the driver, Oh, there's a lot of things in your dashboard. And you know what he told me? Just in case something happens. Just in case that the other one doesn't work, there's another one that I could call on to. Imagine thinking that. Just in case. Pastor, I believe God, but just in case, I have a horoscope that's hiding here. Because I'm a Scorpio. And I... It's my year, I think, this year. But just in case. I believe God, I worship Him, but just in case. Really, for Joshua, there's no just in case. I'm going to go all in, all my life. I'm going to choose God. I'm going to serve Him. Whether the gods of, your far, gods of your father serve in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, and this is perhaps in your kitchen counter. 
This is perhaps your favorite verse. This is perhaps your life verse. Joshua, the most, one of the most powerful statements in the entire Bible says this. But as for me and my house, question, did he ask his household? Probably not. But he made that decision for them. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The translation of this in English is amazing. But if you read this in Hebrew, what Joshua was saying is, I have chosen him before. I am going to choose him now. And I'm going to choose him over and over and over again. And we see that in Joshua's life. He was there at age, uh, at, uh, he was one of the 12 spies that went to the promised land. Remember that? Yeah. To spy the land. Out of the 12 spies, only him and Caleb gave a good report. Imagine the pressure of Joshua felt at that, that time. The 10 of them, he saw how big the, the, the enemies were, how strong they were. But he chose it before. He saw how God was faithful during the battle with the Amalekites. The battle of Jericho. When he replaced Moses, when, he, when, when the golden calf was happening, Joshua over and over again chose him, will choose him, and will continue to choose him. And I hope you're here and hearing this. Because there is no cruise control in our Christian life. You're going to wake up tomorrow morning and you're going to give in a choice. Get my cell phone or get my Bible. Come on. And every Sunday morning, you're going to think, am I going to church? Or am I going to stay home? Am I going to cheat? Or not? When you're all alone and you have the internet world in front of you and no one sees you, are you going to decide to dishonor God to watch something that you're not supposed to watch? We have to choose God over and over and over again. But as for me, in my house, we will serve the Lord. I started this message by tackling decision fatigue. One of the ways that the, the, the article goes, one of the ways that you could battle decision fatigue is through automation. It means there has to be some decisions in your life that's automatic, that you don't even have to think about it. You just know that you have to do it. For example, naligo naman tayo lahat bago tayo punta rito, no? Hindi naman pandemic na dati. That's right. We've all brushed our teeth before going here. I hope so. It's automatic. That's why CEOs of famous companies, they only wear one type of shirt sometimes. You know, you remember Steve Jobs would only wear plain shirts so that he doesn't have to think and make and add through his 35,000 decisions what he was going to wear. I want us to look up here and get what I'm saying. I hope that following God for us is a non-negotiable. 
I hope that it is one of many decisions that we don't even have to be, we don't even have to wrestle with. Because I know we have decided long ago, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The grace of God is the foundation of our worship, which inspires us to come before Him with reverence and to serve Him with all of our heart. We learned that we could worship God through giving last week. Now in our service to Him, in all that we do, we could worship Him in service. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for today. Father, I believe that you are not speaking to the people on my left and on my right, behind me, in front of me. I believe you are speaking to me. I want to pray for three groups of people today. If you're here and you're saying, I have not surrendered my life to Jesus. In turn, you have not served Him exclusively. You're trying to play religion with all the other things of just in case, whatever works. But you're here and you honestly can say you do not have a relationship with God. He's inviting you to put away everything the Bible calls sin. He's asking you to put away what hinders you in your relationship with Him. However difficult that is, God is asking you to put it away. Today, you're going to decide who sits on the throne of your worship. Is it all these other things? Or is it Yahweh? Is it God? Is it Jehovah? Is it God Himself? If you want to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ today, I ask of you to boldly, I know that this is a decision that is not easy. And believe me, we do not take it lightly. Nevertheless, I want you to make a decision right now. Choose today whom you will serve. With all heads bowed down and eyes closed, no one looking around. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, boldly raise up your hand towards heaven and so we could pray for you all across this room. Raise your hand right now. Yes, Lord, I see that hand. I see that hand, Lord. Thank you. I see that hand at the back. God bless you. I see this hand right in the middle. God bless you. We're going to wait for some more. You want to serve God. I see that hand at the back. God bless you. For all of you raising your hand, you could put them down. Please pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask for the forgiveness of my sins. I repent of every single one of them. I pray that I will continue to worship you with all of my mind, soul, and strength. I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. I want to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Why don't we all stand?
Joshua's declaration before going to the promised land was, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It also served not only a declaration in front of the Israelites, but it also served as a renewal of a covenant for him and for his entire household. We would always choose God every day. I want you to know that all across this room, we are filled with people who are committed with God. You are not alone in this fight. You have a community that prays and believes with you. You have a community that stands with you. So, with all heads again, bow down and eyes closed. If you're making a recommitment to God and you're saying, Lord, I'm the only Christian in my family. Lord, I've been a Christian a long time. Lord, I just started to become a Christian. But today, Lord, I just want to declare in front of you, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If that is your declaration, I want you to lift up your hands toward heaven. Say, Lord, but as for me and my house, we would serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve Him exclusively. We will put away everything the Bible calls sin. And Lord, we would strengthen our, please strengthen our resolve to, to follow you all the days of our lives. Lord, you see these hands. Father, would you give us grace to follow you. The rightful response to the grace that you have given us is worship. So Lord, we surrender everything to you and give you back all the glory and honor in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen.